the Dreamcast Hour. Okay, and we are live. Sorry, apparently I was a bit late there. I wasn't paying attention to the time. So, um, that's not the start, of the, the start of the notes. Let's try that again. So, you know that feeling when you've been waiting for years for that one game you've been looking forward to since its announcement, only to find out that it's been cancelled and leaving an empty pit in your heart? Today on the Dreamcast Hour, we're taking a look at those Dreamcast games that didn't see the light of day. Enjoy. And welcome back to the show. That was Rowdy from Virtual Fighter 3, one of the Dreamcast cancelled ports. And uh, what's the Discord been getting up to in the time while I've been away? Jamie says, I guess this week's topic should be on all Dreamcast games then. Okay, moving on. <laughs> uh, Jamie says, Dreamcast games that never saw the light of day, so that should be all because it sucked. Uh, first of all, you like the PS2, so be quiet. Second of all... Um, how does games sucking mean they didn't see the light of day? And Use your logic there, Jamie, that's what I have to say. So, we got the news segment, as you can tell by the background music, because that's the music I use for the news segment, so let's do that instead of reading. So, we only have one piece of news this week, you know, being slow, didn't send a sacrifice to the Dreamcast news gods, perhaps I that shouldn't have done that before, who knows. So, the Behar Bros have put their kit... Sorry, Akura VJTHD My Box up for pre-order. This unit goes for $85 for free shipping. Although that does sound expensive, the Bahabros are known for their high-quality products. And taking a glance at, glance at the feature list, this box definitely lives up to their high standards. For 80p HDMI output, the option to switch between RGB SCART and VGA mode for the games that don't support VGA or can be played on VGA using the swap trick, 3.5mm audio jack, a scanline switch, as well as the option to make the scanlines odd or even, or the option to make the scanlines thick or thin, and of course the high quality cable itself, which has become a standard for the Bahabros. If you're interested in ordering one of these boxes, you can visit their website at www.bahabros.com and that's it for the news this week. I'd like to give my usual thanks to the people over at Dreamcast Junkyard for keeping me up to date with the news this week as it went on. 
hang on. Sorry, I'm just reading through all my messages. <laughs> um, oh, okay, so Aya has posted the uh, Dreamcast stand picture. That is a classic picture, I must say. It baits Jamie hard every single time. Uh, Jamie says, the only reason the PS2 makes a good stand for the Dreamcast is because it needs to be noticed. Yeah, but you need a big, black, bulky stand for the Dreamcast. Like, it, you need to make it stand out by putting it on top of awful technology, and that's what I think they did with the PS2. That's why it's a very good stand, honestly. Um, Skyblow says, my Dreamcast is plugged into my TV, my PS2 is not enough said. Exactly. My point. Dreamcast is better. Okay, um... A lot of people are typing at the moment. People are actually... Uh, what is going on right now? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure. Um, Skyblaze says my PS2 Dreamcast stand is silver. Mm, okay, so, so silver doesn't work as much because it blends in with the Dreamcast and doesn't make it stand out. Mm, need the black one, really. And it always has to be the fat PS2. Just to prove how slim and sleek the Dreamcast is. Because it can't be the thin one because that defeats the point. But anyway... Uh, why don't we play another song from a cancelled Dreamcast game? So here is Justifier from Propeller Arena.
and welcome back to the show. Blame me for uh, being typing while the, um, you know, while the music finished, because I'm stupid. That was Justified from Propeller Arena. And, okay, so, I actually have something lined up now, and we're going to see how this goes, because um, I somehow managed to keep this from everyone, so let's see how this goes. Okay. And you're in the room. Um, hello. Welcome to the show. Hello, Green Viper, and hello, people who are listening. It is I, Skyblaze, here to take over your show. I mean, um, be a guest on your show. Here to bring up the ratings, I see. <laughs> I couldn't possibly comment. Perfect. Right. Um, I got I got to stop moving to the bottom of my notes during song breaks. That'd help. That probably would help, yeah. Okay, I've written this down. So, uh, one thing to know about these segments is that we may be talking about some games that never had a publicly released soundtrack, so we'll be playing songs from other games in the same series to make up for the lack of songs for each respective game. Yep. Okay, so... Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first to this one? <laughs> it's entirely up to you, it's your show. Mm, well, I think I'm going to be egotistical and I'll go first, so... Alright. Uh, I'm going to be talking about Gun Valkyrie. So, Gun Valkyrie was a Xbox game produced by Sega and developed by Sn Smilebit, now known as Sega Sports R&D. Rest in peace, Smilebit. <laughs> the game is known as a third-person shooter game. Oh, known it. The game is a third-person shooter game known for its unique dual-stick controls. However, I'm mentioning this because it was originally developed as a Dreamcast game, and this prototype has some interesting changes from the final game. First of all, the art style was different from the final game, with the game being in a cel-shaded smart. <laughs> I can't speak. The shell-shaded style that Smilebit had become known for with the Jet Set Radio series. Perhaps the most interesting part of this cancelled version is that he used both the normal controller and the Dreamcast light gun. The controllers would be switched out during gameplay, so the gun would be used during the shooting sections, and the controller would be used the rest of the time. The game was later moved to the Xbox after the Dreamcast was failing sales-wise, and also due to the fact that most Dreamcast games had also shifted development to the Xbox, so it seemed like the best decision for the game. Uh, quite a few uh, Dreamcast games that were games that were being developed for the Dreamcast ended up on either Xbox or PS2. Exactly. And, yeah, certainly for the PS2, they 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 looked worse, which is sad. Never mind. It's not good. <laughs> Can't be having our Dreamcast games on the PS2. Well, at least they came out, which is something, but it's still not ideal. Is it's it? better than nothing. Yeah, better than uh, <laughs> better than nothing at all. Is it my go now? It is your go now. I'm Hooray. disobeying the rules. Oh. According to Jamie, I should have let you go first. So. Uh, who cares? Yeah, no manners. Eh. Right. Does anybody else remember the Dreamcast Echo the Dolphin game, Defender of the Future? Uh, because I do. Uh, it was in fact one of the first. Uh, Dreamcast games I owned on the console and I remember it being as is traditional for an Echo the Dolphin game, hard as nails uh, particularly remember one bit where you had to, um, there was a boss fight where you got chased by this enormous shark and the idea was you had to like dive through this little um, like outcropping of rock with a hole in it so the shark would get stuck and then you would turn around and hit a glyph that was in the shark's mouth. All of this using uh, 
early analog controls. So you can imagine how much fun that was. No. All that aside, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, all that aside, did you know it was meant to have a sequel? Uh, it was going to be called Echo 2, Sentinels of the Universe, which is a very wild title. Uh, but it was sadly cancelled when support for the Dreamcast ended, which is a theme you'll find through a lot of stuff that we'll be talking about this evening. Uh, amusingly, there's a game preservation site which is called, are you ready for this? Hidden Palace. <laughs> that made me laugh when I found out about that. Uh, which managed to acquire a whole bunch of Echo Dreamcast assets, among them being a playable build of Sentinels of the Universe. The build is in a pretty early stage, uh, but it played pretty similarly to Defender of the Future. And Grim Viper, before you start with me, uh, I didn't know about that site until after I'd already started the show. I was on like episode three when I found out that that site existed, so leave me alone. I found out about them through the uh, Sega, Sega Mega Drive Dreamcast emulator, so it's all alright. Mm. <laughs> is my answer to that. Where was I? Uh, yeah, the build is in a pretty early stage, but played pretty similarly to Defender of the Future. Uh, and it is lacking sound effects, music, and story, so I'm sorry, but you're not going to be hearing any of the music from it tonight. Uh, as you'd expect with the pr- such a really early build, it has quite a few glitches and unfinished art, unfinished textures, and a few quite a few placeholders. You can get hold of the prototype build from the Hidden Palace website, and you can either play it on a D- uh, DC emulator, or there's a self-booting CD image that can be burned onto a CD and played on your Dreamcast for a more authentic experience. Good stuff, I guess. <laughs> uh, do yeah. you have an opinion on either of these games? I'd, I'd quite like to download um, Sentinels of the Universe just to see what it's like. I know it's a really early build, um, but I really enjoyed the first game, so I'd like to just like to see what it looks like, because if nothing else, uh, Defender of the Future was astonishingly pretty, so uh, so Central of the Universe probably looks pretty good as well. I'm, I'm quite sad it never got, because it, it probably would have looked beautiful if they uh, carried on in that same vein. I, I think I downloaded the game, but I d- never actually got around to playing it, which is a theme with a lot of games that I talk about on this show, because I have way too many things to play. Yeah, I know that feel. And then Gun Valkyrie, I did actually get to play that because I downloaded it because apparently the disc won't work. I had a bit of a winch on that on Twitter earlier. Stupid original Xbox. And that was quite fun. And I would have liked it more if it was on the Dreamcast, obviously. And especially with that like double control thing. Uh, I'm not good at sh- I'm not all that good at shooters, unfortunately. So I'd probably suck out loud at it. But never mind. I heard apparently it's really difficult as well, which would be even greater because I probably mm-hmm. can't beat the first level. The stream decided to cut again, and the only thing you really missed me saying was the track name, so this is Echo the Dolphin, Defender of the Future, Aquamarine Bay. Enjoy. <laughs> Thank you. 
And we're back. So I was just trying to figure out the best way to actually turn everyone on. <laughs> oh, the, oh no, oh no, that sounds bad. So that was Aquamarine <laughs> Bay from Echo 2. From Echo. Oh, give up. Nice one, dude. Yeah, this is. The Doom Girl is asking if this is the place to bully Viper. Yes, yes, it is. Bully me uh, I, I decree it. <laughs> It's fine, it's fine. Okay, everyone right. is everyone is turned on, so you carry on. Right, it's you up next, so uh, go ahead and read yours. Okay. Uh, I think most people will probably be familiar with the developer Quantic Dream by now, uh, who created Heavy Rain and Indigo Prophecy, among other things. And of more interest to us Dreamcast fans, Omicron the Nomad Soul. So after Quantic Dream completed Omicron, they went to work on a somewhat more light-hearted game named Quark. I don't know why they called it Quark, but they did. Uh, it had an art style which was vaguely reminiscent of games like Zelda The Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask. Uh, and was a bit. it looked a bit peculiar for a, a developer which is now known for creating games who, about kidnapping and serial killers. I, it was a bit of a weird direction to take, is what I'm saying. Uh, and it was set to feature game gameplay where you would switch between two worlds, one of which was a bright, colourful fantasy world, and the other was a dark, pretty, real-world London. Okay, dark, pretty, real-world London, that sounds like Quantic Dream. Bright, colourful fantasy world, not so much. But it could have worked. Uh, the player would be required to solve puzzles and use animal companions to gain new abilities to access new areas and uh, complete quests and so on and so forth. The game was really being hyped up a lot by a lot of games journalists, and some journalists were even saying that it could be the next Shenmue. I was like, I think you might be overdoing it a little bit for a game that's not even out. Steady on. However, the game was shelved eventually for unknown reasons. Uh, most analysts guess it's probably due to Quantic Dream deciding instead to focus on making the Indigo Prophecy. Considering the critical acclaim that Indigo Prophecy ended up getting, that might have been a good choice, but sadly we will probably never know. Interesting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to break that up. Yeah, so it's just like, when you see the, because you can, uh, I think it's on um, Sega Retro, you can find uh, screenshots of it, and it does look quite Ocarina of Time-ish, and the, the, the idea of kind of putting that together with it being Quantic Dream just blows my brain, because it's like, these two things do not go together. Bright, colourful fantasy world and Quantic Dream just do not fit in my brain. It's like two opposites come together, it just clashes. I know, yeah. It's weird. Like, what, what, what are you doing to me? What, are you, you're, you're hurting my brain. But yeah, carry on. Oh, okay, you're, so... you're, uh, you're, you're about to make me very sad again, aren't you? Yes. Um, I, I'll try not to cry while I read this next one out, because uh, this is one that I very dearly miss. Yep. You may join the club. So... Uh, Air Knights was originally developed as a sequel to Knights into Dreams, originally being developed for the Saturn, but the project was later moved over to the Dreamcast due to the upcoming Sega console. The game was developed to test out the tilt center, tilt, 
a tilt sensor in the Saturn analog 3D pad, but the project was moved over to the Dreamcast when the Saturn was failing, and the Saturn controller was scrapped for a more traditional style of controller, and same with the Dreamcast. However, a separate motion controller was developed for use with the game. When the development on the controller went nowhere, development on the game stopped, as the game was only being used to test the controller. The motion control technology was later used in Samba de Amigo Maracas, Maracas which we talked about in episode 6, and a motion controlled Knights game later came to surface with a sequel, Journey of Dreams having used the Wii's motion controls. Ugh, really badly! Uh, it, even playing that game with a normal controller doesn't make it much better. No. That's because it wasn't, it rushed to the Wii. Wasn't it like, oh, we're, we're developing this for like the PS3 or something, because that has motion controls, it's like, no, you're doing it for the Wii now. What? Okay. Uh, how long do we have? A month? Um, what? Quick, think of something. Just put something together. Sounds like a good plan, it hasn't gone wrong in the past before. Oh, certainly not. It's like they never learn, isn't it? Yeah, well... Grab cash off the desk. Oh, oh, Jamie, Mister, Mister Jamie Wonderman is really. This is this is red rag to a bull time here. If you've seen the this good chat. Yep. What is wrong with you, Jamie? I just don't respond to him at this point because he just tries to bait me. Like this PS2 is better than Dreamcast thing. I've given up. Oh dear. Good grief. Ah, interesting bit of trivia by Eclipse. Knights was referred to as male in the game, despite the fact that Knights is gender neutral. Yeah, and I really like the fact that Knights is agender. Uh, it's it's a really nice thing to have. Well, it's up to the player's interpretation. Yeah, is what's so great? Because like that, like in like in a dream. The thing that I find strange about that is that they referred to Knights as male, despite the fact that Knights has a female voice in that game. It sort of breaks the immersion of the whole, you know, non-gender thing as well. Yeah. Stupid voice acting ruining our game, so there's people who complain about Sonic Adventure. Yeah, you don't, despite the fact that it's a modern game, you don't need voice acting necessarily. Plenty of modern games manage just fine with silent protagonists. You don't really even need cutscenes, like, Knights isn't a game that needed cutscenes, it just needed fun levels. Even if you're gonna have a cutscene, you don't necessarily have to have Knights talk. Or even if you do, then have speech bubbles or something. Fair point. Uh, and, um, Eclipse says it works for people who want Knights to be male, but then you also have the thing of Knights having a female voice, which ruins the immersion. It's also that I like the fact that it's, it's agen- their agenda. It, it works for me. Is yeah, Do- Doan's saying uh, they don't mind Journey of Dreams, it's just nowhere near as good as the original. I, I tried playing uh, Dreams last night. No. Oh. Yeah, I-, I much prefer the original, despite the fact that I really suck at it, I still much prefer the original. It's the complete opposite, because I've wasted way too much time on the original to the point where I just can do it with my eyes closed now, which is why I think I hate Journey of Dreams so much, because I don't know any of it. Also, it's a, it's a lot. I, I, I don't know what it is about the controls exactly. They're just they're just not as tight. They're not as um, intuitive and clever. Uh, okay, right, I know we're incredibly off topic, but I actually think I have the reason for that. Hmm. Every single console Knights has been released on, it's had a completely circular analog stick. What do all of the Wii's controllers have? A notched joystick. It's like an octagon, I think. 
I think that might be the reason for it, because you can't fly in a full circle, you can only fly in an octagon. Hmm. I don't know. Anyway. Oh, wait, done. Okay. Uh, shall, we, shall we have some music, then? I guess we should, because we're incredibly off-topic, so, um... Probably. Speaking of nights, why don't we have Queen Bella's Ball hard version from Journey of Dreams? Yeah, Journey of Dreams had a great soundtrack. Right. You're listening to Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7. me being completely behind the times yes because uh, I wasn't paying attention that's the end of the song that was Queen Bella's Ball hard version from Night's Journey of Dreams and up next we have the probably the two most well known cancelled Dreamcast games and I'm not going to have any manners and I think I'm going to go first yeah I went first last time so makes sense fair point so Perhaps the most famous cancelled Dreamcast game, Propeller Arena was an arcade-style deathmatch game set to release on September 19th, 2001. I think you can already see where this is going. Perhaps one of the most impressive features of the game was the fact that the game had real-time voice chat. Voice chat over a 56k or 33.6k modem when when people on the Xbox 360 struggled to use voice chat over broadband. I think that would have been really impressive if it actually worked. 
The game was fully finished, however, it was cancelled due to the striking similarities to the attacks that occurred on September 11th, and to avoid controversy, the game was cancelled. The game was originally going to be reworked to remove the sensitive imagery, but the game was due to release towards the end of the Dreamcast life, and it was deemed that it was not worth the effort to remove the imagery, and the game was cancelled for good. It seems to be a common theme with tragedies cancelling Dreamcast-related items. First, House of the Dead 2, now Propeller Arena. The game seems to have been leaked online sometime in 2004. Unlike the rest of the games I've spoken about, you can actually play this game with it being in a fully playable state and available in a variety of places as a self-booting CDI. Yep. Well, it's, it's, the thing about this is that it's not that close. I mean, it, they were biplanes for the most part, and yeah, they were flying quite close to sky, skyscrapers, but... I can understand why they did it, but still, it's like... It wasn't that close. It probably wouldn't have been that hard to change. Well, apparently one of but... the stages was really similar, which is what I think strikes. Mm. Well, it, it turned up a lot though, because the Twin Towers was such a landmark that they turned up all over the damn place. Just why so many things, like whenever they turn up again in like old media, people kind of go it, like suck the suck my teeth, like you know, eek. A bit risky doing that one. Yeah. And Murphy oh, decides um... to show up. Oh dear. This only ends badly. Huh? Murko has decided to show up in the chat. This never ends well. Oh, hello. I don't know who you are, but hi. Oh, you need someone to annoy. Don't worry, this can be arranged. Anyway, uh, should probably go on with... I probably should. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, so up until fairly recently, uh, porting PC games to consoles would not what anyone would really call an easy task. Uh, up until fairly recently on, on like modern games consoles, which are basically PCs in a smaller box. But back in the day, when Valve announced that they were porting their highly regarded game of Half-Life, the Dreamcast, a lot of people kind of raised an eyebrow and went, Really? So not only were Valve going to bring Half-Life to the Dreamcast, there was also going to be exclusive extra content featuring Black Mesa security guard Barney in what is now known as the expansion pack Blue Shift. The game was also going to have enhanced visuals and, eventually, another disc with the option to play online using Dreamcast's online functionality over the aforementioned 33.3 or 52K modems. However, the game's release was delayed several times, first being postponed from its initial release of summer 2000 until late November, and then it was delayed again until 2001. Uh, some journalists got hold of review copies around this period, and they weren't all that impressed. Many of them slammed the incredibly long loading times, the variable frame rates, and the lack of online play, because that wasn't done and wasn't produced to be released until later. Now, only weeks shy of its expected release date, publisher Sierra announced its cancellation, stating, and I quote, changing market conditions, which most people took to mean the imminent discontinuation of the Dreamcast. So as you'd expect it being so close to release, the game was pretty much finished, and an official strategy guide had even been released and was sat on shop shelves as news of the cancellation broke. Wow, that was really last minute, guys. Whoops. Yeah. Don't recall them or anything, just leave them there. 
Yeah, pretty much. I, I think the the uh, people that were selling them had to recall them themselves and have them pulped. It was pretty scary. So, as such, uh, some enterprising people got their hands on a near-complete build and leaked it onto the intertubes. Uh, as you'd expect, the game is pretty complete, but the problems stated by the reviewers of those early copies are still present. So if you do want to play it though, uh, you can get hold of that version, or... Some mad person has decided that it'd be a great idea to mod the PC version of Half-Life into playing exactly like the Dreamcast version. Because why not? Because, of course. Nothing better to do with their day, apparently. Yeah, modders, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, we got... Actually, no, a resident modder has left the chat. R.I.P.P.D. Anyway, um, have we got an opinion on either of these games? Um, it would have been impressive to see Half-Life on the Dreamcast. I, I really ought to get hold of the the boot of it so, so I can see what it's like. Uh, again, I suck at shooting games, so I would be awful at it, but um, it would still be interesting to see. I, but yeah, I, I think they were a bit over-ambitious with trying to put Half-Life on the Dreamcast. Propeller Arena, I think, would have been loads of fun to play. I probably should play it at some point. I think I have Propeller Arena around here somewhere, and I've played it once and it was quite fun. And as for Half-Life, playing a first-person shooter with one analog stick sounds like hell. No, thank you. Well, not shooter, <laughs> but you know what I mean. A first-person shooter. Well, it's, the, uh, it's, it's, sort of, it's, it's sort of a shooter. Yeah, it's half-shooter. Yeah. And Moko saying, what would, what would we do without modders? Uh, well, some people would probably have very broken games. Um, paging Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. Modders are the saviors of uh, obscure games. They mm -hmm. make them bearable. And then there's all the mods for things like uh, Sonic Generations and so on. Yep. Of course, PT picks at like, the worst time to leave as soon as we start talking about modern. Whatever. Anyway, um, oh, well. I've got a question. Are you, for me? Would you be able to be around for the Discord call in or are you going to head off? Yeah, sure. I can oh, okay. say. I, I am not particularly busy. In that case, uh, welcome to the madness, and we're going to play a song before that. We're going to play Nuclear Mission Jam from Half Life. So enjoy.
Want to listen to this show again? Download the podcast that will be available shortly on RadioSega.net and the iTunes Store or stream it on Stitcher. Don't press the wrong button, Viper. No, that doesn't work like that. Yes, welcome back to the Discord Call-In. What an intro. So, what is the Discord Call-In? That's a good question. I don't entirely know myself. That's why I need to read my notes. So, do you want to go into more detail on the cancelled game we mentioned today? Or want to, go in, want to come in and talk on a game that we perhaps didn't cover? Then as you say on the Discord Call-In, if you want to join the call, you'll need to join the Discord chat over at radiosega forward slash Discord. From there, you'll need to join the chill-out to join the call. In the meantime, while we wait for people to join and harass us, why don't we read through some of the chat? Okay. Um, because I haven't read the chat in a while. A uh, Marco's, ask, uh, yeah, Marco's asking if Half-Life counts as a, as a Dreamcast game. It sort of does! I mean, it was being developed as a port, and uh, Blue Shift, the uh, uh, add-on pack, was originally going to be a Dreamcast exclusive, so there you go. It counts. I think Aya has successfully come up with comment of the week because Aya says Shenmue 3 was cancelled well early. I can agree. Too early, perhaps. I'm glad they decided to, uh, you know, revive the game on the PS4 because good thing they never started development on the Dreamcast version. Can you imagine how much they would have had to have cut in order to fit it on to the, the, the Dreamcast? I mean, they could have just done, like, the original Shenmue method and just used as many discs as they needed. Nine whole GD-ROMs for Shenmue 3. Yep. I'd buy that and then complain. It just, yeah, just keep piling them on. Really and I thought, fun, yeah, and I thought Final Fantasy 9 was bad. How many did Final Fantasy 9 have again? Four. Oh, no. I knew Final Fantasy had a lot, but never that many. Okay. You remember uh, then those things like um, if you got uh, if you were stupid enough to get uh, Windows Vista on CD instead of DVD, it was sixty uh, six CDs. Well, uh, luckily, I never had to go through that because we already had Windows Vista installed. By the time we got <laughs> yeah, I, I worked in I worked in tech support, so yes, this was a thing that I had to deal with. Yeah, that sounds painful. I think we only have one person joining us today, and uh, it's a regular, so uh, buckle in and. Welcome to the call, Faker. How are you doing today? Hold on one second. Hello. Echo. <laughs> Perfect. So is there a cancelled game you would perhaps like to talk about during this messed up segment? I want to start off with that was it, Echo Sentinels of the Universe. Mm-hmm. Close enough, yeah. Uh I was wondering, mainly out of curiosity, yeah, it got cancelled uh, due to the Dreamcast's uh, uh, ca- uh, discontinuation, but why is it they didn't consider doing it for the uh, PS2? This isn't uh, the whole case of Dreamcast versus PS2 thing, now. it's mainly because of the whole part of uh, Defender of the Future. There's not a huge amount of information available on it, unfortunately. I, I looked as, as uh, around as much as I could for information on it, um, but as far as I can tell, it was just... It got into fairly early put, uh, part of development and then was just canned. Uh, so I don't know if it would have just been too ambitious for the PS2 to handle. 
could have been. Uh, or it would have relied on some sort of online connectivity. I just don't know. If it was online connectivity, the PS2 still was uh, an online system at the end of the day. It still had online Netflix it did. It wasn't very. It wasn't as widely available though, because you had to have a separate device. Uh, so, and it didn't have a very high install base, from what I recall. Unless you had a PS2 Slim where it was built in. Hmm. But then you but can't then use dial-up. Then what's the point of that? And the other thing would be like the Half-Life part. I know I've been bashing the Dreamcast for weeks non-stop, but that is one. Despite its like quality and everything, that would have been one game I would have played on the Dreamcast. I think it, it, with its enhanced graphics and everything, it probably would have looked great. But that the fact that we could say, due to the uh, once again due to the Dreamcast, is their discontinuation. The console port did still exist because uh, it got continued onto the PlayStation 2 once again. Hmm. It because wasn't a very good port from what I recall though. It was, it was an okay port, it was the first version of Half-Life I played until I had a, had a, until I had Steam and everything but Actually, now I played it after I played the same version. It was a, it was actually a pretty decent PC part for the time, but it was, uh, it wasn't still the best. And that the fact they had a, an expansion exclusive to the PS2 version called the K, which uh, focused mainly on the whole co-op uh, gameplay, which you could play on your own, but it was awkward once again because you had to switch back and forth between characters and you could also go to the fact that if one character dies that's it hmm. a bad mistake on Sierra and Gearbox's uh, behalf but at least Gearbox was also able to continue with uh, two other expansions on the PC with uh, Blue Shift and the Persian Forces yeah uh, I think the Persian Forces was already out by the time they were working on Blue Shift I believe I it was yeah, I, I believe it was. I actually was looking as soon as you said Blue Shift was uh, originally made for the Dreamcast. I it actually was. went. Yeah, I actually went back to look at uh, the expansions and let's see, November nineteen ninety nine for the and Forces and Blue Shift was. Yeah, Blue Sh- uh, Opposing Forces was already out by a couple of, of yeah, years. Yeah, because I think the reason why Gearbox were chosen to work on that Dreamcast port with Valve was because they'd done such good work on Opposing Forces, if but I then, remember correctly. But then if I remember correctly, the only reason why Oppos- Gearbox was in charge of development for Opposing Forces was due to Sierra's behalf. Was because, Quite possible, because uh, they already had a working relationship with them at that point, didn't they? Not, not just that, I believe originally, I think if I remember correctly, Valve did not want the expansions to be developed by like a, should we say like a third party, because mm. it, it was due to the publisher at the time, which was Sierra Interactive, who were in charge of all that stuff. So it was another case where they couldn't have control of their own game until such a later time period. Uh oh, um. Let's, let's try that again, maybe. Sorry, I 
clicked on the wrong thing. Blame this Yeah. Huh? So I, I, my mouse moved and I ended up in the wrong area. We lost the co-host <laughs> for a second and now I actually have an excuse to talk. Uh, sorry, Vapor. <laughs> so wait, uh, I was interacting with the chat. Were you, were you by any chance talking about Gearbox? Uh, yes. There was one great Dreamcast-related project that Gearbox got to work on, and that's not sarcasm at all, totally. Uh, Samba the Amiga. Yep, Samba the Amiga Wii. The better. I liked it. I liked it, it didn't work. <laughs> Then again, according to you two people of all, and I, I of all people, I like a lot of stuff which is totally wrong. Yeah, you like the PS2. That, that's that's criminal. I like the PS2, which is one. Um, I like the best-selling console ever, ever. Put say, say what you like. It was the best-selling console ever. Best-selling DVD player ever. Actually, thank you very much. It's not a console. Okay. Doesn't qualify. Okay. Now and, uh, then, I... children. There's and somebody I... else in the chill out, by the way. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna remove you before your wrong opinions uh, affect my show. Any last say, thing you have to say? I was gonna say what about Journey of Dreams. You've got to admit they did fit a lot of fix a lot of things with the gameplay. No. Yeah, they also broke a lot of things in the gameplay. I played the original, it wasn't as good. But it could be the case where I experienced nights first on the Wii. Oh, I'm very sorry. I'm not, I loved it. If you're gonna keep having these wrong opinions, it's not good. Why don't you just broadcast the chill out zone again? No. Uh, maybe. The chill out zone will come back. Oh, or we could not. No, yeah, good point. Right, anyway, any last words, Jamie? Uh, Dreamcast sucks, PS2 rules. Why are you even listening to this show? I don't know, I think he just listened to bullying me at this point. I think it's uh, unacceptable. Shall we have on someone who doesn't bully me, or my opinion on the Dreamcast? I think that'd work. Let's bring on the only other person who ever calls in. Good evening. Welcome to the madness. Any last words? What last words? I haven't spoken. Any, fir- oh, any first words, forgive me. Yeah, any last words? Sounds like you're about to shoot him. Bye. Yeah. That's tempting. Um, first thing I want to say is just, um, Jamie, apart from him being wrong all the time, but, you know, I suppose it's opinion, but, um, the Wii version of Samba the Migo, it is okay. The only problem is is the calibration problem. Um, I don't know why, but um, after a lot of time of getting really, really annoyed at at some of the harder levels, um, I actually worked out if you recalibrate literally every song, it does improve it a lot, and you can actually like you can actually play it properly. Um, But it's a bit of a faff around. Oh lord! Don't don't talk to me about having to calibrate things. I used to have a rear. For for many years, I had a rear projection TV. Do you know what the visual lag is like on a rear projection TV? Way too much, unfortunately. Yep. Uh, try playing Kingdom Hearts 2, anything in the uh, Aquatica uh, rhythm game area, when you don't have an option to calibrate. I think you should just like get, get a ton of them for fighting game players. That would go down incredibly well at a tournament. Oh yes, it was great fun. 
Yeah, pl playing any anything that required very sharp reaction time was just not going to happen. Fair point. Ugh. So what was your other point, Ayo? Uh, well, it's, it's kind of two po more points, but um, we kind okay. of go really. Um, first one is, um, you were saying about like how many CDs sometimes games have, and... Um, and um, what, what I tend to find, I always used to like uh, multiple CDs um, on all the games, um, especially with, like Final Fantasy, but also with like Shenmue and like well, kind of the Scars of Arcadia, um, because it kind of gave you an idea of how much further um, there was for the game. You kind of knew how far you were away. Although I'm um, saying that in the Yakuza game, I quite like that it's got chapters. Um, I suppose yeah, same kind of with Final Fantasy Fifteen. Um, that it gives you the idea of knowing where you are in the game. That's a fair point. I never actually thought of that. It's like it can be annoying and intrusive because you have to keep constantly swapping out the discs for some games. But at the same time, it's like yeah, it's a good indication of what chapter you're in. And plus, you know, it's also nostalgic for some people. I imagine I never had to deal with that issue. Yeah, um, yeah, agree. Yeah, um, um, the, um, the the final um, point is um, an interesting one because um, obviously uh, Shenmue um, is really important um, to me, as it is with a lot of um, uh, Sega fans. Um, obviously, um, if you haven't, uh, if you didn't back the um, the Kickstarter or haven't done the Slacker backer, um, it's still on. Um, you can get lots of great things like T-shirts and soundtracks, and obviously the game as well. Um, but also with um, Shenmue 3, it's an interesting thing because obviously it was effectively cancelled on the Dreamcast, which is obviously really sad because um, I'd love to have played it on the Dreamcast and still would love to play a Dreamcast version of that game. Um, but at the same time, it's an interesting thing because although on the PS4 it might be a like, slightly shorter game, um, the graphics and you know, the gameplay and everything about it of what there's going to be is actually going to be better than what it was on the Dreamcast, or would have been on the Dreamcast. Fair point. I, well, I definitely think it's better that it's on a console that has, you know, a lot of power and is more capable to handle a game like Shenmue. Because mm. if Shenmue 3 was on a Dreamcast, and especially considering how extensive it seems to be at the moment, I can imagine either one that would have a lot of discs, and two that would most likely, you know, Look awful because they're trying to cram it all down as much as possible. You know, you know, somebody's going to try and port it, though, right? God, love modders. Somebody's going to try it. Like I was talking the other day about some lunatic who decided to port uh, Future Rocket to the Atari ST. That was a noble cause, though, because we love them for it anyway, and it also created a great yeah. soundtrack. It was hilarious and brilliant, but it's like, what were you thinking? Were you very drunk at the time? Is it like Sonic 1? Can we port Chuchu Rocket to every console? Next up is the uh, calculator. That's always a popular one for console ports as well. Yeah. Uh, thing, uh, out, the original Outrun, which was ported on it onto everything that sit, sat still for long enough. I don't know, until I can play Sonic 1 on my toaster, there isn't enough ports, honestly. <laughs> Apparently, uh, oh, I should check the time because it is eight o'clock. But uh, no, it is. that's not how that show. This this show frequently overruns the hour mark. But as long as we don't go over two hours, it's still an hour. It counts. <laughs> anyway, Bayer, have you got any uh, last words as usual before I drag you back to the chill out? Uh, 
Uh, well, actually, it's like a different one. Um, I, I, I'd just like to uh, thank you. Okay. Any other last words? Maybe... I'm going to take that as a no and not play about waiting uh, 20 minutes. So that was the uh, Discord call-in, and a reminder, if you would like to join the Discord call-in in future episodes, then come on over to our lovely Discord server at radiosc.ga forward slash discord. There's also chats during showtime, and there's the text chat if you ever want to participate in a show. So up next is my Sega track of the week, and what is that? That's a good question. That is... It's not on my document, of course it isn't. Stalling for time? Yes. Uh, Dream Uneven Bars Grand Metropolis from Marin Sonic at the London Olympics. I know it doesn't have anything to do with the Dreamcast, but enjoy it anyway.
And we are back, and that was Dream Uneven Bar's Grand Metropolis from Marion Sonic at the London Olympics 2012. And um, we're going to go and give a thank you to the co-host who surprisingly showed up today. <laughs> uh, thank you for inviting me. I've had fun. Uh, we almost kept it a secret. Uh, I say we, I mean you. You didn't tell me it was meant to be a secret. Uh, that's a good point, actually, yeah. But I don't think anyone spotted it, so hopefully it was a surprise. Good grief. That was fun and I hope that was also random and we finally uh, fulfilled those requests for good reason for a collab. There you go. So now you never have to mention that hashtag again. Or maybe you can and keep annoying us, who knows. Anyway, any final words? Uh, thanks for inviting me. Uh, I've had lots of fun. Uh, I have found out some stuff. And I am totally not going to steal it from my show at any point. No, certainly not. Sorry, because I steal your stuff from your show, so, uh, you know, it's... Oh, fair enough, then. It's, uh, it's all right, then. Yeah, it's not stealing everybody if you steals. <laughs> everybody steals from everybody else. Okay. All right. Bye-bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Patiently waits. Okay. There we go. Uh, Doran says, I specifically came to see Skyblaze. Well, that's good, because now you can get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> so long, everyone, I guess. So anyway, that is the end of the show, sadly. So, that concludes this episode. This was a lot of fun to write, and um, the collab thing sort of came out of nowhere, but I was more than happy to do it. But um, I did actually want to do this episode as one of the very first episodes of this show. And I held it back, because I thought it was more appropriate for the end of the show. But speaking of the end of the show, on next week's episode we'll be talking about the death of the Dreamcast, the other 6th generation platforms, as well as the end of this show. But before that day we've still got, we've still got a whole week, and since I'm the last show of the week, why don't we see what is coming up? And that's a good plan, so why didn't I get the show blogs ready ahead of time? Who knows? So, Mondays at 8pm we have the Manic Monday show with KC, Tuesdays we have the Chuck Chopping show with Ralph Sieg, Wednesdays we have Sega Addicts AM at 12pm, oh sorry, Chart Topping Show is at 8pm, can't remember if I said that, I'm awful with words. Uh, Wednesdays at 10 is the Hidden Palace for Skyblaze, who you just heard on your airwaves. The Sega Lounge is Thursdays at 8pm, Sega Mixer Drive with Rexies is, fr- Rexies? <laughs> with Rexies is live Fridays at 9pm, RSN Live is Saturdays at 2am, Voice of Sega is Saturdays at 3pm with Dr. Scottnick. Blue Zone is Sundays at 5pm with PT Kickass, and the Dreamcast Hour, unfortunately, is on Sundays at 7pm with yours truly. So, you got a whole week before you have to li- listen to me again, unfortunately. Let's, uh, let's see what we got in the Discord. Um... Moko says, oh boy, if you talk about the PS2, I'm in next week. Uh, we may be talking about the PS2 as much as I hate. Uh, to answer your question, 20, yes, the next episode is the last one. It's episode 10. This is a 10-episode run. Uh, Skyblaze says, I'm quite tempted to do the worst games on Sega platforms next week. Hmm, uh, that sounds like an interesting topic, yes. So why don't I advertise that on my air? Okay, sounds good. Anyway, we're going to have the last song of the show, and since I did talk about this game earlier but I didn't play a track, here is Megalomania from Gun Valkyrie. Enjoy.
Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7. 